it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we thank you for your word because it's a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. We thank you that your word is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. So as I step back, I thank you for the Spirit of God stepping up to deliver your word to your people. I thank you that signs, miracles, and wonders are not only going to follow our lives, but Father, many of us are going to experience breakthrough in our lives as we not just hear the word, but as we do what we hear. And so I declare freedom. I declare breakthrough. I declare new beginnings in Jesus' name. Let everybody say amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated this morning. Last week, our message title was Understanding Stewardship. Everybody say, Understanding Stewardship. And the focus of our message was to show us how to get in position so we could see increase in our lives in 2017. And we learned that we must reverence or have reverence for three areas. Number one, we must have reverence for God's principles and protocol. We must have reverence for God's property. And we finally learned that we must reverence God's presence. And see, the foundational key to stewardship is understanding that all of the things that we have belongs to God. Therefore, we are just managers of his stuff. Everybody say, we are managers of his stuff. And so today, I'm going to help us be better stewards by learning how to deny ourselves so we can depend on God. See, most people don't trust God. I'm not saying they don't believe in God, but most people don't trust God. Here's what I mean. See, just because you know about God doesn't mean you know God. And people who know how to trust God are people who know God, not just know about him because you can know about somebody, but not trust them because you don't know them. Once you learn how to trust God, you begin to know God. And so this morning, one of the things that I'm going to do is teach you how to deny yourself through prayer and fasting. It's quiet already, isn't it? So if you're taking notes, our message title is fasting for results. Fasting for results. And the purpose of this morning's sermon is to help you understand that fasting and prayer can produce powerful results in your life. When I'm done today, you're going to want to fast and pray. As I was preparing for this message, I ran across the fasting and prayer schedule that our church had in the year of 2006. So that was 10 years ago. And as I was looking through the prayer items, I was amazed at how many of the items that we were fasting and praying over has come to pass in our church's life. So let me give you a few examples of answered prayer. Everybody say answered prayer. I'm talking about fasting for results this morning. The first one was we prayed for word of truth 
to obtain some land or a facility to purchase or lease. Everybody say that's achieved. Prayer and fasting works. We have some property. Amen. One of the prayers was that we will be able to worship, watch this, in Seguin High School Auditorium by March 2006. Everybody say that's achieved. Amen. Fasting and prayer works. We also prayed for growth, watch this, of new members in Word of Truth. And then that year we had 76 members join that year. But just 2016, we had over 100 families join. And watch this. And in 2016, 1,150 people committed their lives to Jesus Christ. Everybody say prayer and fasting works. Here's the last one that I thought was interesting. We were praying for a year full of God's goodness and abundance for the members of Word of Truth. And that year, watch this, we had three full-time staff and eight part-time people, which now totals 11. Currently, we have 11 full-time staff, 16 part-time people for a total of 27 paid staff. Everybody say prayer and fasting works. So the reason I went through that is because I want you to see that once you and I start praying and fasting, then we should expect some results in our life. And I don't know about you, I don't want to starve without having some results. See, no tweets didn't bother me that much because I'm not a tweeter. Tweeter. See, I don't even know how to say the word. No, it, just, it didn't bother me that much. I, I didn't have any drawbacks or withdrawals. I thought I was going to have to pray for my wife one or two times, though. But, but those no sweets. So I knew I needed to start on the no sweets this week. I was in a staff meeting. One of my staff members handed me a Hershey bar. I said, no, thank you. But my flesh was saying, eat it, eat it, eat it, eat it. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to find Luke chapter 6, verse 12, Luke 6, 12. And then we're going to go over to Exodus chapter 24, Luke 6, verse 12, and then Exodus 24. Prayer is an opportunity to communicate with God by acknowledging his presence in our lives. Watch this through the giving of thanks, the making of requests and the praying for others. I'm going to say that one more time. Prayer is an opportunity. Say prayer is an opportunity. See, prayer is not something you have to do. Prayer is something that you should do. It's something that you should want to do. It's an opportunity for us to communicate with God by acknowledging His presence in our lives through the giving of thanks, through the making of requests, and for the praying for others. It's also a time for you and I to sit in His presence so He can speak to us as well. Prayer, watch this now, is the way that we show that we need God. I'm going to say that again. Prayer is a way that we show that we need God. Watch this. Because self-sufficiency is the kryptonite to prayer. In other words, our lack of prayer shows how much we are dependent on us. So your prayer life is a snapshot of who you really depend on. If you don't pray that much, guess who you depend on? Moi. Prayer is the way that we show that we need God. 
Fasting is when we deny ourselves of food or any other important item that will decrease our flesh. As our flesh decreases, watch this now, we now have opportunity for our spirit to get in the front. Because what happens is the purpose of denying yourself of whether it's food or something important in your life that you may be, you know, connected to or addicted to, when you now deny yourself, it gives your spirit man room to step up. Now it causes you to be more sensitive to the spirit of God. So how do we increase our desire to do something that our flesh doesn't want to do? Well, this week I was praying for a different method and a different strategy uh, regarding my prayer life. And see, I've always had a strong uh, word life. And I've had to make myself have a strong prayer life. I've always had that. And so it dawned on me that the only way that faith's going to come for us to want to pray and want to fast is I have to teach you the word on it. Amen. So here's the first point if you want to write it down. Prayer is not automatic. Everybody say prayer is not automatic. And you say, well, Pastor, I know that. Well, if you knew it, you would pray more. Prayer, you don't just, it's just not automatic. In other words, prayer takes effort and you and I have to put effort toward the pray or we will never pray. In Luke chapter 6, it shows us that Jesus was very purposeful when it comes to prayer. It says, and it came to pass in those days that he went out into a mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. Now, just like you and I go to the refrigerator to get some food, that was purposeful, wasn't it? Some of us need to decrease our trips, but I'm just saying. When you go to the refrigerator, you're going to get something, right? It was purposeful. Well, prayer has to be that way. When Jesus got up, he decided he didn't just wake up and just roam out to the mountain and say, well, I guess while I'm out here, I might well pray. No, no, no. It was purposeful, and for you and I to make prayer purposeful, we have to put forth some effort. And if you notice verse 13 of, of uh, Luke chapter 6, it says, And when it was day, he called unto him his disciples, and of them he chose twelve, whom he also named disciples. I want you to see something. One of his most critical decisions that he made came the day after he decided to spend time with, in prayer and fasting. And so listen, you don't want to make important decisions for your life until you have spent some time in prayer. I was challenging one of our members this week who's who's in a position to make a critical decision for their life. I said, don't make the critical decision until you ask God what he wants you to do. Don't move until you hear from him. Amen. See, sometimes what we do, we do like the children of Israel did. When Moses went up to the mountain and prayed, they got antsy. And so he took too long because he was up there like 30 or 40 days to get the Ten Commandments. And so since they couldn't have patience, they decided, well, we're just going to do our thing. Most people do that. They pray and say, Lord, what you want me to do? Lord, please tell me what you want me to do. And uh, the Lord don't answer their prayer in two days. And so they just go on and do whatever they want to do. Just look at your neighbor and say, he's talking to you right now. Go to Exodus 24. Exodus 24, you can look on the, on the screen. Exodus 24. Let me show you another example 
that prayer must be purposeful. Everybody say prayer Prayer. must be purposeful. Exodus 24, look in verse 12. And the Lord said unto Moses, come up. This is that verse I'm just, I just described. Come up to me into the mount and be there. And I will give you tables of stone and a law and commandments which I have written that you may teach them. Now, let me just throw this out there. When you wake up in the middle of the night for nothing, don't try to force yourself to go back to sleep. First thing you need to ask is, Lord, do you want me to get up and spend some time with you? Now, see, what you don't know is when God is ready to speak, we have to be ready to listen. Oh, he know you got to go to work. He know how much sleep you need. But he also knows the word that you need. he needs to tell you too. So when you wake up in the middle of the night and uh, for no reason, it's like, man, why am I up? You look over there at your spouse and they sleep. Don't try to put yourself back to sleep until you have prayed this prayer. Lord, do you want me to get up and spend some time with you? And if inside you hear that, yes, get up out the bed. Don't try to spend some time laying down. It ain't going to work. <laughs> that don't work. I, I tested that one. It does not work. Watch what happened in verse 13. And Moses rose up and his minister Joshua. And Moses went up to the mount of God. And he said unto the elders, tarry you here until we come again unto you. And behold, Aaron and Hur are with you. If any man have any matters to do, let him come unto them. Moses said, in other words, don't interrupt me while I'm praying. Verse 15. And Moses went up to the mount, and a cloud covered the mountain, and the glory of the Lord abode upon the Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it for six days. And on the seventh day, he called Moses out of the midst of the cloud. Notice Moses was just able to sit in his presence for six days. God didn't say nothing. He just sat there for six days. And then on the seventh day, God begins to speak. And he says now in uh, verse 17, And the sight of the glory of the Lord was like a devouring fire on the top of the mountain in the eyes of the children of Israel. In other words, when they looked up, all they saw was fire. And Moses went into the midst of the cloud and got up onto the mountain. And Moses was in the mountain 40 days and what? 49. See, some of us, we couldn't do that. We'd be on day five. No, forget that. Uh, Hour five. Lord, how long we going to be? I'm hungry right now. Lord, can I get up and use the bathroom, Lord? I mean, I don't know how long. It didn't say that Moses ate nothing. So this was a 40-day and a 40-night fast right here. In verse 25, it says, And the Lord spoke to Moses. And the Lord what? He spoke to Moses. Watch this now. Because the result of being of spending time in prayer with God is always answers and direction. Anytime you and I spend time with God, he is obligated at that point to give us, watch this, some direction that we need. He's also obligated to give us some answers that we desire. We just have to take the time to do it. And then I like this. I'm just throwing this in there. Uh, After he said what he said to Moses, the next verse says, Speak unto the children of Israel that they bring an offering of everyone that giveth it willingly. I said, you know, the Lord will tell the man of God to ask the people to give something. Now, I'm not sure what that was for, but that's a good example of when I felt we were supposed to take up an extra offering. And now we're helping a church that burnt down. Here's number point number two. 
This was going to be different now. Prayer is not thinking, but prayer is saying. I'm going to say that again. Prayer is not thinking. Everybody say prayer is not thinking. Prayer is not thinking, but prayer is saying. See, a lot of us, we think we're praying. We're not praying, we're thinking. You think you're praying, you're not praying. You're thinking. Now, in 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 17, the first part of that verse is, And Elijah prayed, and then what else does it say? And he what? Oh, it's not up there. Okay, that's, that's the point. Y'all putting it right in there down. Okay. I'm kind of going fast, all right. Uh, I'm in, let's see, 2 Kings 6, 17. And uh, let's see here. Uh, are they on the same one? That don't look like the same one. Okay, there we go. And Elijah did what? Prayed and what? It didn't say, and Elijah prayed and thought. And Elijah prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elijah. Look at the next verse. And when they came down to him, Elijah what? Prayed unto the Lord and what? Didn't say he thought. He prayed and he said. Everybody say he prayed and he said. Come on, say it again. He prayed and he said. He prayed and he said, because prayer is not just, it's not thinking. Now go to, go to, uh, uh, I'm going to skip that. Uh, go to, this will be good. Go to 1 Samuel chapter 1. I'll stay with my notes on this one. 1 Samuel chapter 1, I want to look in verse 9. Now, some of y'all are probably trying to beat me to it going, well, pastor, there was a lady in the Bible. She, was, she wasn't praying out loud. Well, let's see about that. First Samuel chapter 1, look at verse 9. It says, so Hannah rose up after they had eaten. Now, this lady named Hannah didn't have any kids. And uh, after they had drunk, now Eli, Eli, the priest, sat up on the seat by the post of the temple. Verse 10. She, Hannah, because she didn't have any kids, was bitterness of soul and prayed. What did she do? She prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. And she vowed a vow and what? Said, watch this now. This is good. Oh, Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid and remember me and forget not thine handmaid, but will give unto thine handmaid a man child, I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life and no razor shall come upon his head and it shall come to pass as she continued and it came to pass as she continued to pray before the Lord Eli watched her her mouth now Hannah she spoke where she spoke in her heart but watch this now only her what only her lips moved but her voice was not heard. So watch it. She wasn't thinking because her mouth was moving. Her words was just silent. Now see, some of y'all are going, well, Pastor, what's the big deal? Why? Because here's, here's the deal. When you pray in silence, it allows the enemy to start spiritual warfare on your thinking. See, warfare is not, it's, it, it works in your head, see. When the devil does, he throws thoughts. Everybody say, he throws thoughts. 
Those are what fiery darts are. And so when you and I try to think and pray, he's going to interrupt us every time. Because listen, the only thing that, that stops thoughts are words. And that's why I'm talking to somebody right now. You can't stay focused in your prayer life because you're thinking your prayers all the way out. No, no, no. You need to open up your mouth and begin to say what you need to say. Words are what God has privileged us with that have create creative force and authority. So you got to use your words. When you pray, open your mouth up. Father, I thank you for my job. I thank you for my boss. I know they've been giving me a hard time, but Lord, you said you're going to work it together for my good. So bless them, Lord. Increase them, Lord. And if you want to promote them, so Lord, so I can have their job, do that too in Jesus' name. Amen. Prayer is not thinking, but prayer is saying. Here's the last point. Here's the last point. Prayer produces results. Prayer produces results. See, I don't want to do something that doesn't work. That's the, that's the definition of insanity, doing the same thing, expecting a different result, right? Well, I want results when I pray. I don't want to waste my time with no tweets and no sweets and no meats and no eats if I'm not going to see results in my life. I'm not going to give up food all day and not see God do something in my life. Are you kidding me? Going through all the headaches with no sugar and no caffeine and you shaking and going on. Everybody say prayer produces results. Now go to Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. I'm just going to show you two occasions in the Bible. Where when they begin to pray, God began to give them results. Acts chapter 10, look in verse 1. Now there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a satyrian of the band called the Italian band. He was a devout man and one that feared God with all of his house. And he gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. He saw in a vision. Watch, watch, watch this now. This is a result of prayer. He saw in a vision evidently about the ninth hour of the day an angel of God coming to him and saying, Cornelius, and when he looked on him, he was afraid. He said, what is it, Lord? And he said, thy prayers and your alms giving have come up for a memorial before God. Don't tell me your giving don't help you. That man of God, listen, he was giving so well and praying so well, it got God's attention. And the Bible says he began to have a vision. And then it says, watch this revelation. He said, what is it, Lord? He says, your prayers and your alms have come up for a memorial before God. He says, now, send some men to Joppa and call for one Simon whose surname is Peter. Can you imagine God is giving this guy instructions? He don't even know Peter. He's not only telling him Peter's name. He said, and his surname is, his name is Simon, but his surname is Peter. Boy, isn't that amazing? Man, if you want to know some insight information, just spend some time with prayer. Everybody say years ago. Years ago, I used to go to the prison and minister. This is before I was uh, married. And uh, uh, every, every Monday, I'd go to the prison and, and preach to the gospel there. And, and one day, I'm getting ready to go. And the Spirit of God tells me uh, uh, one of the guy's names that's in prison. 
and told me that his mother was in the hospital and that God heard his prayers and was going to heal his mother. Well, I didn't want to make a fool of myself, so I decided I wasn't going to say nothing. But man, I know, listen, I know the voice of God and he would not let it go. He, I mean, all the way to the prison. You got to see it. 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 So finally I get to the prison. And the Lord said, just say it, Evan. Just say it. Just say it. Say it. Say it. Say it. <laughs> and I don't remember the guy's name right now, but let's say his name was Mike. I said, uh, and so, you know, I had a little small Bible study group. And I said, is, is there a Mike here whose mother is in the hospital? Oh, they say, yeah. I say, well, where is he? They say, oh, he's back off in the back, you know, with the other prisoners. He wasn't even in Bible study. So when I found out that, number one, there was a guy named Mike there, and number two, his mother was in the hospital, I said, go get him. Tell him the man of God wants to see him. <laughs> I got all bold after that. I was like, bring him to the man of God. <laughs> they brought him in there. I ministered to him, and I told him, I said, listen, Mike, God told me your mother was in the hospital. He heard your prayer. Have you been praying for your mother? He said, yeah. I said, God's going to hear your mother. Man, how many know that sparked faith in the room? Amen. So watch this. It's doing prayer that God is showing Cornelius what's going on. And he gives him Peter's name. In verse 7 it says, And when the angel spoken to Cornelius was departed, he called two of his household servants and a devout soldier of them that waited on him continually. In other words, I want you to notice that he is now getting ready to obey the instructions that God gives him. So in verse 8, it says, Now they sent those men to Joppa. And on the morrow, verse 9, they went their journey, and they drew not to the city. Peter went up, watch this now, up on the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. Now people talk about Peter, but Peter, Peter was a praying man. Peter went up to the rooftop to pray about the sixth hour, and he got real hungry. How many know it's easy to get hungry when you pray? Stomach be growling and everything. That's why you got to speak out loud. Because if you don't, your growling will out. You can't think when you. You got to speak it out. So Peter started praying. He got hungry. And it says, and he would have eaten. But while they was making it ready, I wonder what they were eating. He fell into a trance. In other words, he had a vision. And he saw heaven open up. And a certain vessel descending upon him. And it, and it came, became a great sheet knit at the four corners and let down the earth. Notice that prayer produced revelation for Peter. So God began to talk to Peter about him. Watch this now. Uh, he said, eat this. And Peter saw that it was uh, some pig. And, you know, Jews didn't eat pork. And he says, you know, God, I've never eaten Anything that's unclean. And what God was trying to show Peter was, Peter, I'm getting ready now to open up salvation for not just the Jews, but also to the Gentiles. And this was new. And so he had to start it out with Peter. So while Peter was doing that, verse now, I'm, in, uh, I'm jumping down to Acts 10, 17. Now, while Peter doubted in himself what the vision was, and what it should mean, behold, the men which were sent from Cornelius had made inquiry for Simon's house. Now, I want you to notice, God gave Cornelius instructions on where Peter lived. Now, Peter, I don't even know if he lived there. He was just eating there. Maybe that was his house because he was up there praying. God gave Cornelius specific instructions, and you're trying to get direction for your life without prayer. Are you kidding me? You're trying to decide on moving jobs. Without praying. 
Well, well, Pastor Ed, I, I feel in my spirit. I feel in my spirit I'm supposed to move. Well, that's fine. Why don't you pray and ask the spirit if you should? <laughs> so watch this. While Peter thought on those things, verse Verse 20, arise therefore, go down and go with them. He says, and doubt nothing. God told Peter why he was praying. A vision came. He says, Peter, now I want you to go downstairs. And those men that are down there, just go with them. Don't ask no questions. Just go. Here's my point. Revelation and direction comes out of prayer. Everybody say, revelation and direction comes from prayer. Amen. And so if you keep reading... They, they connect and Cornelius' whole house gets saved because, watch this, because he spent some time with God for God to speak to him, to give him direction that was going to better not only him but better his life. Amen. So what I'm going to do now is give you some Pastor Eben examples of what has happened through his prayer life because everybody say prayer has results. Amen. Listen, uh, years ago, as I was praying, God spoke to me and said, Evan, I want you to preach my word. Well, how many know I'm doing that today? Everybody say, when prayer goes up, results come down. It was through prayer that God led me to quit my job and attend Bible school where I met my wife, who I've now been married to for 22 years. Everybody say prayer is answered. When prayer goes up, results come down. It was in prayer that God said to me, Evan, I want you to start Word of Truth Family Church. And even though at the time I didn't have no start, didn't have no support, he told me to do it. How many know we're doing it today? Everybody say when prayer goes up, results come down. It was in prayer that God gave me a vision that we were to move our church from our first location to this location. How many know now that that prayer has come to pass? Why? Because when prayer goes up, results come down. It was in prayer that God spoke to me to let me know that the six acres that we are currently building on was ours. And even though another church had bought the land and God told me that was our land, you know, the devil, the devil told me one day, go get some oil and pour it on it and take it over. I said, no, no, no. I'm not going to manipulate this. See, sometimes if you're praying for something that's somebody else's, you better watch it because there could be witchcraft. Don't be praying for somebody else's husband. Oh, she ain't treating him right, but he's about to leave her anyway. Mm-mm. 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 So uh, I was going to pour some oil on there. I said, I'm not going to do that. Now, if God told me that was our land and another church bought it, watch this. What God said to me contradicts what I'm seeing. But see, when you understand how prayer works, see, because when God speaks, it is done. See, what you have to do is grab hold to the word that he gave you and outdoor or endure the contradiction that you currently see. So you can say, okay, God, I'm going to wake this thing out. 
And so I will still drive by the land and declare that it was ours in Jesus' name. I get a phone call from the, from the broker that sold us the front land. He says, Pastor Connor, uh, the church that bought that land, they're behind eight months on, the, on their note. Would you like the land? How many know I said yes? Not only, watch this, two years later, two and a half years later, another church bought it. But guess what? God let them hold it on for us. So now when it was time for us to buy it this time, we paid cash for the land. See, God just let them hold it and put it in layaway for us. See, don't be upset with God if it's not according to your time. He's working some things out you can't see. He's working on somebody's heart to do for you what he wants them to do. You just got to give him some time to work on Pharaoh. Amen. It was in prayer that God said, build me a house. Everybody said, when prayer goes up, results come down. And so I want to put some practical to this because I want you and I, when we leave, let's close with, uh, oh, well, ain't no closing there. It's 1031. That was the close. (laughs) So here's this week. Here's what we're going to do this week. We're going to connect by unifying and doing the same thing. Get on the prayer call. Come on now. You don't have to leave the house. You ain't got to get out in the cold. You ain't got to say nothing. Just put it on speaker and just agree. Then we're going to connect by consecrating ourselves before God. If you just go and look in Nehemiah chapter 9, it goes through this where they separated themselves. So now when it's time to pray, remember now, we're supposed to be praying and what? Fasting. So go in your car on your break and pray. Separate yourself from people. Then the third thing, after you consecrate yourself, then you're going to confess any sin that may be in your life. Let the Lord show you what's going on. Show you your attitude. Show, show what's happening in your life. And then you're going to call by some time every day to read his word. And then after you do that, you're going to confess out of your mouth the things you want to see happen for you. I'm confessing that our building is finished, furnished, and paid in full. That's what I'm confessing. So whatever you want to see God do while you're praying and fasting, write it down so you can now look back and see him answer your prayer. Amen. Did you get something out of this morning? Come on, give the Lord a hand clap if you did. With every head bowed, every eye closed. Here's my question. If you died today, are you 100% sure you'd go to heaven? Are you 100% sure you'd go to heaven? 